from the Rugby League Cemetery. This is Bring Out Your Dead. A look at loved or loathed players from the past, from Ainsco to Zillman, from Ignatius to Ziggy. It's shorter than a regular cemetery episode, but still longer than any successful podcast. Who knows what horrors lurk within. Yes, this is the Rugby League Cemetery and this is Bring Out Your Dead. We are a, 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 a subset of the, of the cemetery canon where we go back over some beloved players from the past and talk about their careers, which are unusual or notable in some way. We've talked in the past about people like Shane Perry, who, you know, only played, you know, 40-odd first-grade games but won a title. And we've talked about Taniella Chuiaki, the big wrecking ball. And today we are talking about a Newcastle Knights halfback born in 1974 with a premiership ring. And I hear you all sitting there in your homes or in your cars or at work thinking, oh, yeah, good on you, boys. Podcast about Andrew Johns, very good. Wrong. Dead wrong. We're talking about a truly vital cog of the 97 campaign. Gazzy, who are we talking about today? The one and only Leo Dinevor, the second greatest Newcastle halfback of all time. Prove me wrong. Yeah, and even that's in, and even that's in a tiebreaker, my very good friends. Uh, thank you for joining us this evening as we talk about Leo Dinova. Uh, Newcastle fans won't take too much introduction on all of this, or the fan income ones at least won't. Um, the story is pretty simple. Uh, Leo Dinova had never played in the, well, as it was at the time, the ARL before. He played a couple of years with the London Broncos in England. He hailed from Cherbourg in Queensland originally, played for the London Broncos in the UK in 95 and 96 and got a start with the Newcastle Knights in 97 as the understudy to Andrew Johns. Now, that's not much of a job uh, in an ordinary year. You don't get much of a look in if you're the second halfback in Newcastle behind Joey Johns. The only trouble was, 97 was not an ordinary year. Why is that, Guzzy? Well, pre-season, the great man goes down with quite a serious ankle injury. Um, and basically, all of a sudden, someone who's come down here, possibly on sort of, I imagine, a pretty much a pie-and-chip deal um, to come and play here, has run out here. I doubt he was on the riches of the Super League but when he was playing for the Broncos in, in London, has popped out here, and all of a sudden, Andrew's down. And um, not only Andrew's down, but fairly soon into the season, Matthew goes down and gets suspended and all sorts of stuff, too. So all of a sudden, he goes from probably not expecting to play and spending a lot of time playing the uh, the uh, get the early game at Marathon Stadium to basically running the Newcastle Knights season sans even Matthew at different times of this season. We're playing right. with a 19 year old Matt Gidley for much of um, the, some of the early parts of the year. They were running a Leo Dinova Matthew Gidley aged about 19 in the halves, and all of a sudden that's not what it was supposed to look like. <laughs> no, very much not. Now I don't know. I don't know how much this has sunk in for people who don't follow the Knights, but. In the Andrew Johns era, if he wasn't there, for most of that time, they didn't win. It's as simple as that. When you, you, in all my time watching football, I can't remember too many players who've had so much of a, an impact over the result of their team. And if he went down, if you were at a night's game and Joey went down, it was like there was a death in the family. And the hush would oh, go around never, the group. They never won. Because they, they just won. never won. And not never only won. would they never win, they would... They would be in front by 20 points and he would lose uh, he, and he would go off and they'd lose. They'd fall apart and all this kind of thing would happen. They, if he went off, they couldn't do anything. 
You know, it was like the basic. They couldn't even defend that, um, no. when Henry Johns wasn't in the team. 1997 is the year that didn't happen. And that's why that's why Leo Dinovar is his contribution to the game, short as it was, is kind of worth remembering because and Steve Crow, who gave Leo Dinovar his premiership ring after the ninety seven grand final, made the point, no Leo, no premiership in ninety seven. They wouldn't have won. No, they absolutely, they absolutely wouldn't have won. Um, just, I, I want to quickly just shoot something across there. It's just, you know, if people listening to this that want to think, oh, yeah, it's a couple of Newcastle Knights fans saying how big influential Andrew Johns was. Um, to give you some object, something objective on that, um, he is the person that in the history since sports tab has existed and since the NRL has started, nobody has ever moved the market more than him. So have your view on who the best player is, but influence over the team. Newcastle couldn't play without him. Thurston, without the Cowboys, made a grand final. Newcastle, like, you know, sorry, the Cowboys, when Thurston went down, made a grand final. Newcastle couldn't win a game. He moved. They reckon he was worth like $7. The Knights would go from $1.50 to $8. They weren't going to win. They did not win. And that's true. That did happen in games. And there was times where where that was sort of rorted a little bit when people had the word he was out. (laughs) All of a sudden, you're helping on other teams. But but th- this is really, forget whoever you want to call the best player ever, no player in my time has ever had a bigger impact on whether his team wins or loses. And you can say other players were great, but their teams didn't fall apart like this. It was over when he didn't yeah. play. You said, yeah. you said the hush would go around the ground. I remember the years that he went down, he did his ACL in 2004. Um, uh, he'd done other seasons. He went down in the semifinals and you just felt ill and you just knew that that was it. Like was it, it was... It wasn't like, well, we can put our gloves up here. We'll have a run. We'll do something. They didn't win any games ever when, when he was out. They just didn't. Their winning percentage was about 20. They just yeah. never did. And he was, it was over. It was done. There was nothing that could be done about it. And this is the only man in the history of the Newcastle Knights who ever bucked that. Yeah, that's right. Uh, we can look at his season a little bit. When Andrew, he, he possibly uh, couldn't have known when Joey went down in that preseason game quite how long a stint he would have in the side. So Joey goes down with the injury. Um, Leo Dinova started the first 15 games of the season at halfback. There were only 22 in the regular season. He started the first 15. Uh, Joey only played in two of them. He didn't turn up until round 11, uh, which because of a, a washout was the 10th game of the year. So if they, so the first nine games straight, there's no Andrew Johns at all. And the Knights win six of them out of nine. Uh, Joey comes back, plays off the bench uh, in round 11, then gets picked for New South Wales uh, for the, the State of Origin series. Then plays in the rescheduled round 10 game, again off the bench. That's in mid-May. His first start at halfback is in round 16 on the 20th of July. Um, so Leo Dinova is, has the job and has to keep the train on the tracks to keep them competitive um, until he can come back. Um, they don't really know. I mean, an injury like this, if it's good enough to keep you out for 15 weeks, uh, who knows how long it could be good enough. I mean, they you know, for all he knew, he could have ended up in the side all season. Um, but something very funny about this is that so when uh, Joey comes back, prior to that game, they're in second. So they've done so well. They're only behind Manly on the table. It's about as well as you can do, right? Um, Andrew comes back into the side at halfback and the Knights lose the next game. <laughs> yeah, lucky to be there. Twenty-eight, twenty-two to Barra. So there's a real sense at that point, maybe that you know there's a bit of pressure for the you know uh, comp- competition for places. Uh, yeah, and so then after that, 
uh, Dinova plays again in round 21, and then he plays in the second week of the semis um, in that silly game against Manly. Now, I'd love to rehash this again. This is the game where neither side could be knocked out and both sides had already qualified for the grand final and they played against each other for no real reason. Uh, so mm-hmm. Dinova plays in that, so he plays in the semi-final at starting at halfback. And, and just to <laughs> clarify, Newcastle didn't actually... Just, I don't want Newcastle to get any credit here. They didn't cleverly leave Andrew Johns out. He broke his ribs against the week before. Yeah, so yeah. No, I don't they didn't want there to be any him. contention that Newcastle had done something clever here and rested Andrew. They played absolutely no. everyone except Andrew, who broke his ribs in the game before three quarters of the way through. So yeah. I just don't want us getting any credit for taking that game, you know with a bit of short thrift. Uh, everyone on both teams, despite the fact no one could get knocked out, Jeff Tuvey played, Glyph Lyons played, Mark Carroll played, the cheaper. everyone except Joey played in that game. It was only because he was quite badly hurt. <laughs> yeah, it's, men- it's mental. If it yeah. happened now, they, they would run out the, like, the under-18s anyway. Yeah. Um, but that gives you an idea of, of how much he was part of the side. And, and actually, it gives you an idea of how little uh, Andrew Johns was part of the side. He, he barely was able to contribute. He sort of had to leave it to other people to get them into a place mm. where they could compete in the finals. Um, and he, he finally... Just gets... funny, because it's thought of as in... It, it's exactly. sort of thought of as Andrew's crowning um, thing is 1997. And I mean, rightfully, given he sort of single-handedly won them the grand final. But um, that season... It, this is quite a funny patch for him because he comes on the scene in 94 and bursts on and they miss the semi-finals. They don't, they don't make it. Then in 95, he makes a prelim and you go, oh, here we go, you know, make a prelim, he gets player of the World Cup final. They, they, he has an absolute shocker in 96. They miss the finals. They make the prelim, then miss the finals in 96. So he comes in 96, misses the finals, does nothing, and then barely plays in the 97 season. But by the end of the season, is the crown glorious king of Newcastle and goes on a run to become the best player in the world. So this, it's just very funny time is that for this year and a half here, it, it's this, this, there's barely any Andrew Johns in this across 96, 97. You know? no, and this is why Leo becomes so important because yeah. if the train goes off the tracks in 97 and they run fifth or sixth, like they mm. still would have probably made the finals in that terrible, in that fairly ordinary yeah. ARL comp, but they, if they come fifth or sixth and get knocked out in the first or second week, it's mm. a totally different. Like that, that's it. You know, they mm. they could yeah. easily have um, they could easily have lost and gone out, and the whole history of the club could have been totally different. All that momentum yeah. that came with '97 suddenly in '98, you're in that super comp with Brisbane having you know mm. fifteen thousand Origin players, and it, you know you you might never win mm. one. Um, mm. You you can you might never get that that opportunity again, uh, and mm. they were only in a position to take it because. Um, because Leo Dinovic keeps him in it. Uh, and he doesn't... The other thing to note is he's not... Uh, he wasn't a placeholder and he wasn't a steady, safe pair of hands. He was, a, in his own right, uh, a very entertaining and flary and exciting player who put on a lot of points. In fact, in the first five games of the season, he scored six tries. Yeah, he was a, he was a gun. He was a, uh, a running halfback... Um, Reminds me a little bit of John Simon. Um, I think mm. would be a pretty fair comparison. I'm trying to think of a more modern one. There's not a lot of players like this anymore. No. You don't have running, don't have running wispy halfbacks now. Um, there was a little bit of a, you know, like a really young Thurston in the way he ran the ball a lot um, without the cleverness of passing that a Thurston had in terms of style. But there's not really players like that. You can't do it more than John Simon and that era and Wes Patton and those sort of guys had a similar way of like looking up and seeing stuff and they just took on what was in front of them. Um, he had one of my favorite things ever is he was an absolute, Leo was an ardent sort of massive proponent of the dummy kick. 
yeah. which I just I live for, like dummying to kick the ball. He did he he scored once or set up a try dummying to field goal, which I absolutely live for. That's the people's oh, yeah. project. But but he dummy kicked a lot. Like he'd get the ball on the forty meter line, dummy to kick, and then just fizz this giant ball. And you never see people dummy kick anymore. You know, like actually fake the kick and pull out. Um, but he was—he he was just really aggressive. He was—he was fast. He'd see a space and just take it. I'm sure some of our older listeners will remember that sort of play, style of player in the '90s—a guy, the halfbacks that'd just look up and then and then jink and go, and and they yeah. scored some absolute wowsing tries with him in the team. Um, he—he he, um, people will probably not remember that in the prelim final, he throws that pass that you still sort of or you oh. weren't really into against the Bears game, where when we're up by you know, a point, point and we have the ball on the full-time siren and he's about to get tackled 10 metres out and throws it over his own head, basketball style backwards without looking to hit Owen Craigie to score a try to sort of, you know, go further ahead with time yeah. up. Um, and that's the sort of thing. He just, he eyed it in, it looked on and he, and he landed it. And he, oh, that's he the just other played that way. Yeah, and he had to come on in that game because, uh, so he, he started on the bench for the Norths in that prelim. Mm. But gets on on it gets on because because Johns gets injured, uh, and again, much as he did for the whole season, he kind of has to mm. has to keep things ticking over, and they can't they can't drop their bundle just because the halfback's gone off. It's a very valuable thing to have a a halfback who played in your side most of the year um, called upon from the bench. It's a non-existent to... thing. It doesn't. Yeah, it exist, doesn't happen. Now. It doesn't. It doesn't happen. Like there's no. Even then, it was fairly rare. Like you know what I mean. Like you don't get Ricky Stewart going down and they roll out someone as good as Leo Dinova. That didn't happen. You know. No. Um, even, even Brisbane and those teams. All of Alan Langer. They weren't rolling out someone this good to play halfback most of the time. That didn't really happen in those mid. Maybe after the bloody Super League came back, but not 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 back in the mid nineties. Um, yeah, I've got a really important question mm. for you about Leo. Um, so. Again, so go through a bit of the history of the final. So what happened is Andrew Johns broke his ribs. Jason Smith got him in the back, scoring a try against Parramatta um, in the first week of the finals. And and Joey's got a broken lip, so he misses the Manly game. So he's too busted with his broken ribs to play against Manly. And Leo plays. So then they go into the Norths game, and Joey's carrying the ribs into that game. And they take him off during a game that presumably they didn't want to take him off because, you know... Um, that was it was pretty damn close, and they had to mm. basically win by a field goal. So presumably they didn't take him off to rest him. He, he was too buggered. So Joey has then gone off the next week, like you know, in in the prelim. So broken ribs, miss a week, going off in a prelim in the grand final. They didn't name Leo Dinova. Mm. It's bizarre, isn't it? Having so, had him to bring and, on even and, off and, the bench in the prelim. Yeah. And keep in mind, not only I, I forgot the key point of that Joey punctured his lung. That the doctor punctured Joey's lung in grand final week, trying to needle the ribs. So he tried to needle the ribs, got him in the lung, punctured his lung, and some of the doctors were saying he was risking his life by playing in the grand ah. final. He wouldn't be able to get in the air. So broken ribs, and he's on the bench when the broken ribs happen. They go into the next game, and now the person with the broken ribs who couldn't get through the game before also has his lung punctured by a needle and they don't and leo the reason he has to be given a grand final ring is that they don't pick him what's the thinking yeah. in this i don't know isn't it bizarre what, what's doing it's yeah absolutely I, and utterly insane i have no idea it's um it is insane uh that is typical of the kind of scattergun madness of uh pre 2000 football isn't it yeah. where this kind of wacky stuff could happen. I, yeah, I've never understood that. It has taken up some of my time over the years yeah. thinking about all of this. I wanted to focus on one particular game as an example of what he was like. Uh, and you've just watched the 
the highlights as I have. Uh, it's a match from 97 against East. It's from reasonably early in the season, uh, round four it is. Uh, and Dinova scores a double, kicks four from six. Just looking at the tries that he's involved in, um, the first one is a, a loose ball that, McDoug- that Adam McDougall picks up on halfway, sprints off down the sideline, for some reason feels the need while being dragged down to throw the ball back over his head to Owen Craigie, who then feels the need to throw the ball back over his head to, uh, to, to Dinova, who scoots away to score. Um, Which is why Leo maybe felt the need to do the exact same over-the-head basketball half in the prelim, just repaying yeah. the favour to Owie, <laughs> one for one. Exactly. I think yeah. that's probably right. But then there's another bit of play, which he doesn't actually, he doesn't score on the end of it, where he gets at 30 out, fakes to kick, which you've, you've mentioned before is a truly beautiful thing, and then fizzes a long ball out to Owen Craigie, who chips and chases for himself, thanks very much, yeah. gets it back, uh, gives it to Leo, who's sprinting upfield and then basketballs it across to Jason Moody to score in the corner. This is like... This is science fiction rugby league, Gazzy. Oh, they're the two best tries of the season now. Oh, yeah, easy. Yeah, best yeah. try scored all year. Yeah, they win the try of the year award. And the East, East were coming first at this point. It was 1v2 and East made the prelim. They had Brad Fitler and you know, mm. Liam and they had a really good team. Like they had Phil Goulds coaching them. They, they, they were a red-hot side. He's mm. coming out doing that doing that to a team that was dead set fair income. This is, he's not blowing away someone down the bottom of the table. No, and that's the, it's just an example. They didn't just... They didn't just keep things moving. They kept playing the way that they were trying to play. You know, yeah. they, they, they kept yeah. that night that night side of that season were attacking and expansive and flary and all that, and they gained a reputation for that over a few years. But they, they were able to not only keep competing and kick to the corners and all that stuff, they were able to keep playing the way they wanted to play. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. he wasn't, he wasn't filling, a, filling a gap. Or no, they kept that momentum, to, yeah. yeah. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. Well, he has a much bigger impact in this game than Matthew does mm. um, when you watch the tries. And then, you know, I don't know if you're going to go over the others, but it, it, it just keeps, like, it just keeps getting better. Like, he's just, he's just bloody brilliant, all of them. Mm. Like, mm. all game. He's just absolutely dominant across that game. He's best player on the field, on a field with Matty Johns, Brad Fittler, these sorts of players. Yeah. And that's a, that's a market guy. It. It's not a, um, yeah, he wasn't a, he wasn't a placeholder. He was a, um, he, was, he had genuine things to offer in his own right. What happens after this, of course, is he doesn't play in the grand final in 97, um, gets the premiership ring given to him by one of his teammates, uh, teammates, and then does, I think, well, probably the worst career move you could possibly make in 1998 yeah. or in the late 90s generally. He goes to Western Suburbs. Um, yeah, I was going to say took the big money was where I was going to frame it. Yeah, you'd imagine it would have been a fairly big deal to go to West in yeah. that era. Um, took the lucrative magpie money. Yeah. Uh, just a stat for you, 27 games for Wests across 98 and 99 mm-hmm. uh, for, for that, that he played in. Uh, six wins, 21 losses. Mm, yeah, and that, but that's not below the average. No, no, <laughs> took, that's right. Took West <laughs> across a period that he's uh, they didn't necessarily win anymore when he wasn't there. Now, look, that was always a bit of a weird match. I mean, it, uh, it's a terrible side. Um, I can't see him gelling that well with Tommy as coach overly. And they had different philosophies on how to play halfback. I think that's <laughs> probably fair. But one with a lot more basketball hoop passing and one with a lot more sort of, you know, beating in skulls would be a fair yeah. comment. <laughs> both with their merit, both with their merit. Absolutely. Don't get me wrong. 
Um, I don't think Tommy had ever thought of like fake kicking. I think I was sort of just a bit too, too nuanced for the for the great man. Yeah, but, possibly um, fake kicking in a head, but without well, the fake. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's just I think I think the funny thing is um, I'm surprised that someone better didn't take him at the end of '97. To be honest, because mm. I would have yeah. thought I would have thought Newcastle would have if he was getting bugger all. I would have thought Newcastle would have kept him, and after that season, it was pretty pretty damn good. I, I'm trying to if you, if you put it in the professional era now, the sort of season he had is. Um, you're talking. Someone would have paid like the, right now. The Tigers or the Gold Coast or someone would have paid him six or seven hundred thousand dollars for four or five years. Like if he had that yeah. season now, you know, if he eight, was the, eight tries at halfback in a Premiership winning yeah. side, yeah, yeah, and the tries though. It's not just it's yeah, what just the, tries the type were of football and, they were playing. And, yeah. And, yeah, and and I will put that up just to. Uh, I'm, I've got a. Um, I'm going to tape every highlight he's got of that season and uh, this week and put it up on the page so people can have a look. But they're, they're like just genuine freak highlight plays, all of them. And it's the sort of stuff. It's just um, mm. if you. If that happens now, like let's say the Roosters are playing and, you know, Kiri goes down for the season and they lob up some bloke and he did that, you get to the end of the season and they go, well, we can't keep him. Where's he going to go? Yeah. You know, the, the Tigers, the Bulldogs, these clubs would be offering him, offering him an absolute shit ton of money to go and play there. Like, yeah. absolutely would happen, wouldn't it? Oh, well, look at the money. Yeah, that's right. I mean, look at the money that, that, that someone like Matt Burton's being offered right now. Um, That's a great call, yeah. For being a fill-in in a side that ran to the grand final and looking all right. Like, he's a young guy. He's come in. Looks like he's got a bit steady, kicks yeah. well, all that stuff, yeah. you know. And he's yeah. there's currently this big scrap to get him to Canterbury. Um, different different era, different players. It's not the best. Compared, but, I mean, dinner, but the other thing is that he was the same age as Joey. He was 23. Um, yeah. So, it's, he was a young guy. For all anyone knew, this guy could have yeah. been, a you know, a 10-year first-grade halfback. Yeah, that that's right. I think it's a good comparison, not because they've got anything similar going on, but Leo did Leo to this point. If you look at Matt Burton today, has done nowhere near what Leo Dinover did in that season. He's played less games, done less in them, with and the highlight reel wouldn't fill any space compared to what Leo did. And you're right, like he's the absolute talk of the town, because that's what happens now. And that's all we're trying to context, I guess, is yeah. so that he had this sort of season now. So it would just be going a lot off of hype. right around the league. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. And I and you know who's to say he couldn't have. Not only, you know, who say he wasn't going to. I mean, I think he could have. You can't fake this stuff. Like, you can't fake the ability. And, you mm. know, West wasn't a great fit. I, I remember watching him play at Campbelltown when I went there to watch the Knights play. Um, he, he'd put on a, he put on a bit of weight. Um, he's playing. I don't – their team was terrible. It probably wasn't an inspiring environment to be your best your best no, sort especially of. Especially when they, the club they was they falling apart. Yeah, yeah it, it, it's falling apart. I don't think Tommy would have been, you know – they would have been on the same page, they'd play and all that thing. I, I think if he had gone to the, the right place, I, I think it's not hard to imagine him playing under a Phil Gould or someone and, and having that sort of sparky mm. career that, you know, I think he had – the, the ability is not in question as far as I'm concerned. He, he did have that ability to do that and it was just one of those things they didn't. The Magpies folded and they had to select which players would go to the West Tigers and he wasn't one they offered a contract. So it just – fizzled out and and that was the wrong time to look for a new deal probably it you know it was sort of two years past when he wanted to be looking for the club by that time yeah yeah that's right he did uh just looking at his uh his time at western suburbs he did kick the winning field goal in a 7-6 win over penrith in round 12 of 1999 um Mm. which that i would love to get some footage of that game can i say um, can I, a Penrith seven six in front of five thousand and eighty seven at Parramatta Stadium. 
Parramatta Stadium's good, isn't it? Look, yeah, between rab- Western, Western fans, Penrith. Though. Yeah, just can you imagine? Anyone who was there that mm. night deserves that field goal, and I hope they still oh. remember it to this day, and I hope it brings them joy. You know, um, I think something on Leo uh, that I think is in- important, because um, uh, you look at West, and what was it, 20-something games for West? And, um, yeah, 27 like games, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I think the thing with that is it's a good way in is he played more for West than he did for Newcastle. And it's a funny thing about rugby league is that yeah. it's a bit of a segue into no one really remembers that. And there'll probably be Knights fans that don't even remember he did that, um, like proper really mad Knights fans. And um, I, I guess the thing for me about Leo is the is that he is so well remembered in Newcastle. He He is remembered better than players that would have played 151st grade games yeah. Not at, at, for Newcastle nonetheless too but but around the league you can go to players that have played 150 games 120 all these players around the league and they won't be remembered with fondness at, at any club that, that Leo is remembered with here his time at Newcastle was was short but it was spectacular and it was at the right time and it was so important to you know the first really great thing that the club ever did and the thing that will be the best thing the club ever did forever. Like nothing that will ever no, happen. It's a bit hard to ever, imagine, is it? No, nothing will ever happen that will beat 1997. <laughs> and this guy just had this amazing part of it. And, and how he did it is why he's remembered. They didn't just win and he did a job. It wasn't this filling in. Like you said, it, he came in and captured everyone with this electrical lightning style of play in, in a way that, you know... Um, it's very rare, those sorts of players. That's a sparky running halves. And, and when they catch fire, it's just one of the great, great things. And he caught fire when, when, you know, the guy that goes on to be the greatest player sort of in our club history at the very least wasn't there. And, and he does it. And it's just, you know, you know what I mean? Like there'll be people that probably played 200 games that won't be remembered with near the fondness or the clarity that people remember Leo. Hmm. No, that's right. Yeah, that's absolutely right. He's, uh, he's got a unique little place in... He's got a unique spot in, in Newcastle history that, that uh, will never go away. Uh, and, you know, of the three clubs that he played top-level football for, the Knights were by far the, uh, the smallest part of his career. He played 50 games in the Super League, 27 for West and only 19 for the Knights. Uh, but he, uh, he as, as you say, he, he, was, he was there when it mattered and he did, he did an important thing at an important time for the, for the team. Um, he then, after after leaving West, he played uh, for a few local clubs. Came back to Newcastle, played for Curry Curry and Souths and uh, South Newcastle, and then won a premiership, won a Newcastle premiership at halfback for Nelson Bay in two thousand and five. Uh, after they, uh, yeah, I think got past Cessnock in the in the major semi final, if memory serves. But, but never mind that. Uh, so yeah, he had a bit of he had a bit of success in the Newcastle comp, but every year for probably up to and including 2005, every year when Johns was out or when they were trying to fill the roster for the next year, there would be a story in the Newcastle Herald, Leo Dinova, why aren't they signing Leo Dinova? And he kind of, yeah. he, always, <laughs> he, always, he always, and I, I remember being a kid going, why don't they get Leo back? You know, that was the only oh, yeah. time they yeah. ever didn't fall, that they ever had Joey out and didn't yeah. fall over. Um, and he kind of, it, it, it went on for years, you know, that he was... Yeah, the- there were two great Leo. things to that. Two great things. There's two great things that Newcastle fans want, and it was Leo Dinova plucked from the local league from Nelson Bay, and and um, Malcolm Reilly brought back to coach back like to at any stage. Yeah, like up up to and including about four years ago. Yeah, that's right. Like, well, why don't they get Malcolm Reilly back? Yeah, <laughs> what's what's Leo up to? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. 
Um, it, it's funny you mentioned that with Leo because that's something when I, I try I googled him a bit before the show just to see if there was much on there I didn't didn't know which unsurprisingly there wasn't but yeah like it, I found an article of Tony Butterfield in 2018 and in 2018 was the first year Mitchell Pierce came to the club and we we had a pretty good start to the year and they were running near the eight and and Piercey did his um something his shoulder or something wasn't anyway he, a peck did his peck yeah, yeah. so he did his he did his peck and and tony butterfield's written this article in the local paper saying uh, with pierce down newcastle need to find their leo dinner and like there's this whole <laughs> basis that you know they've got to rally now and find a leo dinner like replacement that can come in and do the job and it's just so like that's it's just that's to give you that's it's 20 years on from this <laughs> and and leo dinner didn't play 20 games for Newcastle, but like one, the fact that a halfback could go down in 2018 and the answer was that like they need to find a Leo Dinovar. But you um, see, that's not, and the other thing is that people reading it, it's not an obscure reference. Like people reading it no. would have been going, yeah, well, that's right. Yeah, that's exactly yeah. what they need. It's a, as a um, independent comment, can I say what I also really enjoyed about it was he was basically saying with their really good halfback down, they need to put a really good halfback in, That's which really I don't st- think I, I don't think we didn't do that for want of trying. It was just a suggestion that you don't always have a spare a spare top flight halfback that can you know win three quarters of your games with your main one. Yeah, but that, um, anyway, it's, that is it's a, a good theory. There's yeah. a couple more things I. A couple more things I want to mention. One is the absolute outrageous depth of that 97 side. And you've just mentioned that Matt Gidley, um, mm-hmm. I mean, you imagine the day, like, imagine the day of having a young Matt Gidley and Leo Dinever available as your second string arms, um, mm. just as a first point. I just want to give Matthew you... Matthew Gidley tears up the crushes that season. I'll show you those highlights one day. There's yeah. this game where he just goes absolutely belted against this terrible crusher. He was a great player. He was. Yeah. I want to run you through a few names of people who played for yeah. the Knights in 1997 but did not participate in the grand mm-hmm. final, if you'll allow it. Yep. I uh, suspect I'll know a few of them, but go on. Yeah, uh, Leo Dinover, obviously. Um, mm-hmm. Matthew Gidley. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brett Grogan. Brett, uh, Jason Moody. Mm-hmm. And Danny Badiris. Just a few of the names yep. I've pulled out. So they're mm-hmm. uh, uh, just the three state of origin, future state of origin players there. Two of them test players, one of them an origin captain. Uh, who weren't mm. good enough to couldn't quite couldn't cut it into the into the ninety seven side. Yeah, yeah, it, it's quite good that it's particularly good because we played Bill Peden at hooker. <laughs> yeah, well, that's true. <laughs> but Danny Bedell, um, and, <laughs> yeah, yeah, Matt, he might have done a job there. That's right. And Matt Matt Gidley broke his leg, so Matt Gidley broke his leg, and you know they basically. I, I think Mark Hughes was already playing, and they basically that kept Adam McDougall in the team because he was new to the club. So it was sort of a, not a bad spot when you're vying out of, you know, who do you leave out out of you're sort of Matt Gidley when he's fit Adam McDougall, Mark Hughes, all tossing around Darren Albert and all. They, they, they did. It was a, we've talked about it before that there were some weird times where you could have depth before professionalism took over. Mm. Um, because now if you're leaving Jason Moody, who plays for New South Wales for sort of several years down the line out of, out of your team, he sort of has left the club by March um, yeah. and walked out to go play for someone else. Like that's how it works. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Like they're not picking me. I'm blowing up. My agents move me. And I mean, not wrongfully from his perspective, I can, it's not really, you know, how it's supposed to work. You're not really supposed to have origin backs in reserve grade, but you did just get these oddities at different times. Didn't you? Where, where the wrong, you just end up because the Knights didn't have that many forwards. Like they, they were playing a lot of guys who ended up in the local league two years later in the forwards, but were like lined up with guys that would play top level football in the backs for a long time. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's yeah. funny. It's just it's just a funny yeah. era. And, it is. It's you just know, one of those oddities. Yeah. As a Newcastle supporter now, I would love to have a few of those guys. Uh, like all, quite a few of them would be the best player in the team now. 
um, and none of them could make the side 23 years ago. All of them. Yeah, well, that's right. All of them. All of them. I'll tell you what, I'd be having Leo now. I think, I tell you what, Leo, forget Ponga. You get Leo in the team, you're getting the crowds back. Yeah, absolutely. Swinging it. Fake kicks every week. Well, that's Ponga's problem. No fake kicking. They need to talk to Leo. Get him onto the fake kicking. That'd take him to the next level. Absolutely, it would. Uh, The great man now works as as an Indigenous uh, well-being officer and this kind of thing. He's worked from... uh, uh, That does work out in the the community and that sort of thing. But to us, Gazzy... Uh, he will always be uh, the greatest stand-in halfback there has ever been, uh, mm-hmm. and the I think the you know the greatest halfback the Knights had in 1997. I think that's a fair comment. The main, the main, the main man. I, th- I think you'd have to say Joey was the stand-in in a way. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I just pure, just purely on number of games played. Yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah, you're starting to get into weird moral areas for me, but um, <laughs> nonetheless, it's <laughs> starting to question the value of my existence if we keep sort of saying stuff like that. But nonetheless, he is an absolute great, uh, if not the greatest Knights halfback, then a very close second, and we will forever thank him for the wonders, wonderful season that was 97. Look out during the week. I will be putting up every Leo Dinova highlight, contribution yes. to a try, or try scored by Leo Dinova in the 1997 season, and I am bloody looking forward to recording it. Yeah. I'm looking forward to watching it. Thank you, Gazzy. And thank you, Leo. Because you're absolutely right. Without Leo, there would be no 1997. Never forget Newcastle fans. Never forget fans of anybody. It's the Leo Dinovers of this world we have to thank. Uh, Thank you, Gazzy. Until next time, this has been a very special Rugby League Cemetery.